Thanks for tuning in. I'm Renee. And I'm Shelby. And this is the Creepy Burrito. Mmm, Creepy Burrito. What are you telling me about today? I'm gonna tell you uh, about my one of my favorite urban legends. Mm, no. <laughs> you may have heard of them. Mm. They are known virtually everywhere. What is it? We're talking about the Black Eyed Peas. Yes, the Black Eyed Peas. <laughs> the legends of Fergie's <laughs> lovely lady lumps. Yes, I, I love the them away. lady lumps. Just kidding, we're actually talking about the black-eyed children. Okay. Yeah, so uh, they are pretty well-known, though. <laughs> it's yeah. a pretty well-known urban legend. Um, so the black-eyed children, or black-eyed kids, or sometimes they're just referred to as B-E-K, or sometimes B-E-C, which whenever I read the abbreviation, I'm like, Bleh! Yeah. Like whenever I say I'm like, Bleh! Bleh! I don't know why, but he, sm- he sounded like Schmeagle. Schmeagle. Yeah, we're like. (laughs) So they are an urban legend that's been around for a while. When I was looking into this, I honestly actually thought that the urban legend went further than it did. And even some tabloid coverage of this phenomenon has claimed that these tales have been around or existed since like the 1980s or earlier. But most sources indicate that the legend actually originated from postings written not too long ago. Oh. Mm-hmm. So let's uh let's set the scene here, you mm, know. Set the scene. Yeah. So the year is 1996, a very primitive time for the internet. There was no Facebook, no MySpace. Google didn't exist. Yahoo was only created the year before. And in fact, there were only 100,000 websites on the internet entirely at that time. So we're like one of the first websites uh www.amandaplease.com oh my god <laughs> amanda please <laughs> amanda please um no but actually i fun fact fun facts Hit that me with it. yahoo before it was actually the domain name yahoo was created in 1995 it was called uh jerry's worldwide guide or wait jerry's guide to the World Wide web is what it was called yeah dude that's such a very long extreme name yeah and they they shorted it to yahoo um but anyway as for comparison today currently there are over 1 billion websites Mm. on the internet so at this time in 96 there were only 100,000 websites it was mostly just message boards forums, email chain lists. Paranormal stories, in fact, were like nowhere near as mainstream as they are today, especially with lack of worldwide communication at that time. So a group of paranormal believers actually started an email chain where they shared their stories and encounters with each other. And this is where Texas journalist Brian Bethel decided to share his encounter. Mm. So uh, this is his story. My internet service provider used to have offices in a shopping center where there was a drop-off box at that original location. The monthly bill was due and thus there, but for the grace of the net, I went. Um, Now I did want to do a little sidebar too. So 
most of you listening are old enough to remember that back in the 90s, there was no such thing as paying your bills online. So most of the time you would either write a check and mail it in, or if you had an office that was local to you, you could just simply go drop it off in an overnight box. So this is what this guy was doing. Uh, he says that it was 9.30 p.m. when I left. Right next to my internet service provider's old location is a $1.50 movie theater. I drove by the movie theater, on the way in and pulled into an empty parking space using the glow of the marquee to write out my check. Now he said that he wasn't even in the parking lot longer than a few minutes, just long enough to park, grab his checkbook and his pen and start to write his check before he was startled by a knock on his window. Mm. He says, I looked over and saw two children staring at me. Both were boys and my initial impression is that they were somewhere between 10 and 14. Oh great, I thought, they're gonna hit me up for money. And then the air changed. He goes on to explain that when he heard the knock on his window, he was just startled at first. But as soon as he really takes notice of these children, he's overwhelmed by fear. And he has no idea why he's so frightened by these children because it's so irrational, but he felt a sense of fear and unearthliness rush in. Mm, I hate it. I hate creepy children so much. He oh. describes the boys as wearing very plain and toned down clothing. One taller with olive colored skin and the other shorter with very pale skin, both of their faces downturned. The taller boy seemed to exude an air of quiet confidence, while the smaller boy seemed to be very sheepishly looking around nervously. He deemed the taller boy as the spokesman. So he says the spokesman smiled and the sight for some inexplicable reason chilled my blood. I could feel fight or flight responses kicking in. Something I knew instinctively was not right but I didn't know what it possibly could be. But before he could register his actions, he had already rolled down his window a crack and asked, yes. The spokesman smiled. Hey, mister, we have a problem. So Brian describes the boy's voice as that of a young man's, not the voice of a child's. He says his demeanor was quite calm. No feet shuffling or body swaying that you would typically see when talking to a kid. Uh, he points out, in short, they're usually apologetic. People generally teach children that when they talk to adults, they're usually bothering them for one reason or another, and they should at least be polite. Yeah, like, jeepers, <laughs> mister, you're really strong. Hi, Hi mister. Um, but he said this kid was in no way fitting the mold. So the spokesman continued, you see, my friend and I want to go see the films. But we forgot our money. We need to go to our house and get it. Wanna help us out? No. <laughs> so Brian says this is where things get strange. As if everything prior to this wasn't already fucking strange. So Brian says that he didn't immediately agree and his quiet companion kind of glanced up at the spokesman with a look of confusion. Uh, seemed shocked that he didn't just immediately open the door. The spokesman said, smooth as silk, come on, mister, we just wanna go to our house and we're just 
two little boys. Oh, that's terrifying. <laughs> like, literally... Could you not? Literally, whenever do children just say, we're just two, two little, little boys. boys. What's the worst that could happen? <laughs> so, something in his... <laughs> this is fun. Something in his tone and demeanor set off alarm bells. Yeah, no shit, Brian. <laughs> and also, who says the films? The films. <laughs> we're gonna go the see films. the films. So he says that his mind was frantically trying to process what was going on with these two figures. It was at this time that he noticed his fingernails were digging into the steering wheel. But even then, all he was able to say was, what movie are you going to see? Mortal Kombat, of course, the spokesman said. So Brian says that he stole a quick glance at the marquee and the clock at his car. Mortal Kombat had already been playing for an hour. Mm. And it was the last showing of the evening. The silent one looked increasingly nervous. I think he saw my glances and suspected that I might be detecting something was not above board. Come on, mister, let us in. We can't get in your car until you do, you know, the spokesman said. Just let us in and we'll be gone before you know it. We'll go to our mother's house. Mm -hmm. Then at that moment, their eyes locked. He says, to my horror, I realized my hand strayed towards the door lock, and it was in the process of opening it. I pulled it away, probably a bit too violently, but it did force me to look away from the children. And for the first time, I noticed their eyes. They were coal black. No pupils, no iris. Just two staring orbs reflecting the red and white light of the marquee. Brian says at this point, he knew his expression betrayed him, and the spokesman replied with anger. Come on, mister. We won't hurt you. You have to let us in. We don't have a gun. See, that's terrifying. Right. What child well, says, like, <laughs> I'm not going to hurt you. Okay, you shouldn't hurt me because you're a freaking child trying to get in my car, number one. Why are you even bringing that up as an option? Uh, but I laughed at that. I was like, oh, smooth. We don't have a gun. But I laughed lol, at that lol, lol. until I read the next part where the spokesman says, we don't need a gun. Oh, that's cringeworthy. <laughs> so at this point, the spokesman noticed Brian's hand moving down towards the gear shift, and the spokesman immediately responded with anger while pounding on his window, saying, we can't come in unless you tell us it's okay. Let us in. Mm, nope. Yeah. So then Brian says that he ripped the car into reverse and tore out of the parking lot which I feel like he should have done five minutes ago. Yeah. Uh, he stole a quick glance back and they were completely gone. Mm. The sidewalk by the theater was deserted. And he goes, what did I see? Maybe nothing more than some kids looking for a ride and some really funky contacts. Yeah, right. Now this, again, this is the story that most sources credit as being the first ever telling of this legend. Uh, since this account, many other people have come forward with their own stories containing the same eerie similarities. They speak in a monotone voice that almost lacks modern qualities. For example, we're going to see the films. Yeah. Like, who says the, the films? And then there was another story where children showed up at this girl's house and they asked, uh, can we use your telegraph? Telegraph? Telegraph. So they always, uh, again with the similarities, they always seem to need your permission. They seem to be very hypnotic, almost to the point of mind control. They really freak animals out. 
and they're usually always requesting something of you and they're very persistent and demanding with these requests. Oh, and there's that, you know, thing where they have giant black eyes. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I mean, they kind of sound like uh, like vampires. Mm-hmm. Vampire-esque. So people have reported seeing them out hitchhiking, panhandling, or just showing up at their homes. But also that if you just drive away or shut the door, they just go away or they vanish. <laughs> that is if you have the willpower to. If you do turn them down, they, of course, get very, very angry and become very demanding, as we can see in Brian's story. But what happens if you don't? Brian claims afterwards that he just knew if he hadn't got away from those kids that he would have certainly died. But there is an account from a woman in Vermont, and she's one of the only people to come forward and say that she let the children actually into her house. So... Um, her story is that as just follows. <laughs> I didn't like that. So uh, here's her story. I'm gonna. I'm just gonna read this one verbatim. A little over a year ago, I woke up because I heard a loud banging on my front door. At the time, my husband and I lived in a small home on a dirt road just off the rural route into town. It was the middle of a snowstorm, and the nearby hills get very slippery in the snow. So I thought that someone might have had an accident and broken down. It's happened before. When I looked out the window, I could see that our motion spotlight was on. I could see that there were footprints in the snow and that they had come from our road and into the driveway, but there was no car anywhere. The snow was still covering the road and no one had driven on it for at least a couple hours. Our front door was obscured from the window, but I could see that someone was standing there. I wasn't sure what to think, so I woke my husband up just to feel safer. While I was telling him what was going on, the banging on the door started again and my husband went to answer it while I stood in the hallway. When he opened the door, there were two children standing in the snow, looking Mm -hmm. towards the ground. It was a boy and a girl, and they could not have been more than eight years old. They were dressed strangely and had very odd haircuts. The girl's hair was very long and straight, and the boy had a dated haircut that almost looked like a bowl cut. They weren't dressed for winter, and my first thought was that they must have been Mennonite children. You know, naturally. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But... As far as I know, there was never a large community of Mennonites near us. I'm sorry, that part's just funny. Oh, God. I keep hearing creaking. I'm freaking out over here. (laughs) So, thinking back on it, I know now my normal reaction to seeing children in a snowstorm would have been to rush them inside and bundle them up with blankets and hot cocoa, but that's not how I felt. The children were very unnerving. They would not make eye contact, and when my husband asked them if everything was okay, they asked if they could come in. My husband looked at me like, what do I do? And I asked the kids where their parents were. They'll be here soon, is all they said. Mm. Mm-hmm. Okay, so your parents just left you stranded in the middle of nowhere, in the middle of winter, <laughs> and no clothes. Okay, that's cool. Like... So, <laughs> it was around 2 o'clock in the morning. Oh, okay. Lit. <laughs> At this point, so the only reasonable thought in my head was that there must have been an accident or these kids got lost. As much as my instincts told me to not bring them inside, I did it anyway. So I went into the children to make them some hot cocoa, while my husband took them into the living room. While I was fixing the kettle, I could hear my husband talking to the kids. He was asking them if they were okay, where they came from, how far they walked, if their parents' car was broken down, things like that. But they always answered, our parents will be here soon. 
They spoke in a sing-songy voice. They weren't afraid to be in a stranger's home at all. I started to notice that our cats, we had four, were all hiding except for Pigeon, which is a bomb-ass name for a cat. <laughs> ten all ten. Who was in the kitchen with me. Normally, our cats are very curious and friendly, and we have to be careful that they don't run out the door when we leave. This time, none of them even tried to see who was there, which I thought was very strange. All of the hair on Pigeon's neck was standing up and his tail was puffed up while he was looking in the living room. I bent down to pet him and to see what was wrong and he hissed and started growling and backed up until he had hid himself under the kitchen island. I've never seen him do that before. When I walked back into the living room, the kids were sitting on the couch as still as can be, but my husband was holding his head in his hands. I asked him what was wrong and he said that he just felt very dizzy all of a sudden, but that he was fine. I turned back to the children to give them their hot cocoa, but that's when they looked at me and I gasped. It took everything inside of me not to drop the mugs and run away. When they looked at me, their eyes were completely black. They had no whites, just giant black pupils. When they saw that I was scared, they stood up and asked if they could use the bathroom. I tried to be as composed as I could and showed them down the hall. They went into the bathroom together and I hurried back to my husband to ask him if he had seen their eyes. He said that he had seen them too and said that it looks like his brother's badly bruised eyes after a car accident. We were in the middle of talking about whose children they could be when my husband's nose started to bleed. Oh no, okay. <laughs> He'd never had nosebleeds as long as I'd known him. I just knew inside that this had something to do with the kids and I started crying while I ran to go get my husband some tissues. And that's when the power went out. Oh no, nope, mm-mm, nope, nope, nope. I abandoned the house, light it on fire, leave. <laughs> I heard my husband yell my name from the living room, and as I started to walk back through the hallway, I stopped dead in my tracks. The two children were standing at the end of the hallway. They weren't moving, and I have never been so scared in my entire life. They just stood there in the dark. And after what felt like forever, the boy said, our parents are here. And then they walked out the door, opened it and walked right out without closing it. My husband jumped up to go close it and almost fell over. We looked out the window and saw two men standing by a black car idling at the end of our driveway. The men looked like they were wearing black colored suits and were very tall, at least six feet. When my husband waved at them, they just stared at us, got into the car and drove off. Our power came back on about a half an hour later but nothing was the same after that. Over the next few months, three of our cats went missing. We can only assume that they ran away somewhere and never came back, but the worst thing was coming home to find Pigeon in a puddle of blood on the living room floor. <gasps> what? It, he looked like he had been vomiting blood. The vet told us that he had some kind of hemorrhage. After my husband's nosebleeds became a regular occurrence, we went to the doctor. He didn't know what to make of it other than dry nasal passages, but my husband was diagnosed with an aggressive skin cancer. When the doctor asked us if he used tanning beds, we both thought he was joking. But apparently this kind of melanoma is linked to overuse of indoor tanning, and the doctors think that he will recover, but don't understand how he got it so bad so quickly. My husband has never worked an outdoor job and spends relatively very little time in the sun. Since we let the black-eyed kids inside of our home, I've also started suffering from regular dizzy spells and nosebleeds. I've had other issues, which I won't mention here, but trust me when I say that I'm suddenly in worse condition and no one can do anything about it. I know that all of this is because I had let the black-eyed children into my home. 
We've told everyone we could about these strange kids showing up that night, but no one else saw them. And some laugh at how scared we were of the Mennonite kids, but we just know what we saw. I wish my husband had never opened the door. Feel free to publish this as a warning to others about the black-eyed kids. My advice would be to lock your doors, call the police, and wait for morning. Don't make the same mistake I did. That is terrifying. <laughs> That's the worst. That is my nightmare. I hate, I hate scary children. I hate movies with scary children in it. I would not take this episode because I don't like fucking scary children. I don't like reading about them. I don't like thinking about them. I love I'm it. terrified. It's the worst. So, um, there are countless other stories of similar accounts with the black-eyed children. Mostly along the same lines, though. It's night, you're alone, the kids arrive, feelings of uneasiness, lights flicker, power goes out, weird shit happens. Later, you're diagnosed with cancer or some other illness and plagued with bad luck. A lot of reports claim feelings of subconsciously starting to help these kids without even wanting to. Uh, their arm will slowly move to unlock the door, almost like mind control or hypnosis. Um, now, all of these stories are from people who have lived to tell the tale. And if they do ever kill people, we at least don't hear about that. So what's the point then? What do they want? Mm-hmm. Who, who are they? What are they? So there are many theories about who, or rather what the black eyed children are, that you can get lost in rabbit holes for days. So I'm here to save you that trip Mm, and summarize everything. So by far the most popular theory is that they are vampires. I see it, yep. Now, honestly, I believe that this is solely just based upon the fact that they asked permission to come inside. Yeah. Because this is seen literally everywhere in vamp culture. But to humor the theory, I guess we can also attribute it to being the very pale skin, the Mm -hmm. hypnotic state that you Mm -hmm. enter once being around these creatures. Uh, Even the completely black eyes. Like, sometimes vampire movies will depict vampires with the black black eyes. So I honestly don't believe that there's any more backing behind this theory other than that. Uh, there, I mean, there's plenty of cases where someone has either let them into their house or encountered them in a dark alley and no blood-sucking reports, no yeah. fangs. You know, if they were vampires, when they were invited into a house, they wouldn't just leave. Or if, they, if you met them in a public dark alley where they don't need permission to do anything. So that's a boring theory. I'm done with it. Moving on. Mm. Another theory. I theory, though. I I don't. (laughs) Another theory is that they're just mischievous creatures. That they're not necessarily murderous, but their goal is just to get a good fright out of us. That all of the bad things that happen afterwards are just coincidental, or that the cancer is a cause of radiation that they carry. That they don't necessarily know that they're causing that. However, some people also claim that while not being murderous, they live off of negative activity or negative energy. So it's almost like once you invite them in, it's like a welcome sign to have them attach themselves to you and wreak havoc on your life and basically be their energy source, which is causing all of these things to happen. Well, that's also vampires too. So it depends on your meaning of a vampire. So I'm still going, Shelby's team vampire. Okay. Okay. But I'm going to hit you. <laughs> okay. Slap me with it. Slap me right in the face. I'm going to hit you in the head with a fish. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> so now this is one of my favorite theories mm-hmm. is that they are controlled by the men in black. See? Yes. I. Uh, okay. Okay. So join this team. Now, if you're not familiar with the men in black conspiracy theory, do not worry because we will be covering that 
as well sometime. But uh, the men in black, or sometimes women in black. People you, in black. <laughs> you guessed it. They're dressed in black suits. Uh, they claim to be quasi-government agents who, unlike Tommy Lee Jones and Will Smith, harass, threaten, and assassinate UFO witnesses to keep them quiet about what they've seen. So this theory suggests that these children are the responsibility of the men in black and that if they get out or escape, they have to go turn up to collect them, which is pretty similar to the end of that last woman's story where she sees a black and car. And the men are like chauffeuring the men, them. Yep. So some people go as far as to even think that they are the actual children of the men in black practicing or honing in their skills almost like they're training for when they themselves become the, the men, men in, in black, black. Mm. now there's that and it also ties into the theory the very compelling theory that they are aliens so first and foremost one of the reasons why this theory is very compelling to me is their appearance they are usually always depicted with grayish or greenish color to their skin and they're all black eyes, which directly correlates to most of the alien abduction cases that there are. So most people refer to them as the grays, which we'll also cover at some point, but uh, they are the grays are described to have gray skin and all black eyes. Now this could directly correlate with the men in black theory because if these black eyed children truly are aliens, it would make sense if you would also see the men in black as well to try to corral the children. Now there is also a small men in black theory that I won't super get into, but it's widely speculated that the men in black are actually aliens themselves, um, disguising themselves as humans. So it could be possible that Again, these are the children of the men in black and that they're sent into the general public to gather intel on us and practicing their technique and honing in their skills. Now, there actually was an alien abduction case where this woman remembers seeing children that looked almost exactly like how the black eyed children are described. And she said that she asked their leader or their general or whoever um, who the children were and he replied by saying, those are the children of the future. Oh. Now, Cringe. Right, <laughs> now this leads me into another theory uh, that the black-eyed children are not just aliens, but alien-human hybrids. Which, if you are no stranger to alien conspiracy theories, then you know that it is very popular that... People believe aliens impregnate humans mm -hmm. and are uh, stories are pregnant for some time and then the fetus just completely disappears. So some people say, yes, they are aliens, but they are just children and just doing what kids do best. But since they aren't human, they have a sick and twisted sense of humor, hence why they are scaring the shit out of all of us <laughs> because that's just their way of having fun. Now, there is another theory that's more believable to me than the vampire theory the, it's the reason why they ask your permission to get in your car or come in your house or whatever it's an alien's misunderstanding of human politeness oh, simply that, that makes sense. yeah simply that they just don't understand that they can come in without permission which is why they get so frustrated when they're denied entry now i, I said that it's a little more believable to me but not that i believe it myself I myself am more inclined to believe that if aliens have the technology and advancements that they do, 
that they're going to be smart enough to know that they can come the fuck in our houses without asking. <laughs> right. um, so I would be more susceptible to believe that this is just them trying to mock human etiquette. But again, poses the question, why just not do it anyway? Yeah. Why just vanish when... Someone I mean, that's more like uh, acting like a human when you're rude as fuck and you just walk <laughs> in anyways. That's That seems pretty natural to me. So when you hear about alien abduction, they don't just politely wake you up from your slumber and go like, um, hey, hello, um, is it okay if we just kind of, you know, abduct you for a little bit? Do you want to come hang out? You want to come hang out? I'll if you want to carry a baby for a little bit for us? Stick some stuff up your butt. <laughs> do some butt stuff. And do some butt stuff, you know. I just need your permission first, you know. Like, <laughs> no, they just rip you the fuck out of bed and take you wherever the fuck they want to take you. Mm-hmm. But then again, this is also getting into the theory that there's actually different intelligence levels of Mm. aliens. So basically, there's a theory that there are aliens that walk among us that are just drones, that are just purely here to gather intel on Mm. us, that they have no other goal just to like observe us and fit in. You see stories of different alien encounters where they are so obviously aliens that it's like painful, almost like they're trying too hard to assimilate our culture. Like every time your weird neighbor comes over and all they do is just walk through your house and like look at things or study shit and become completely fascinated over like everyday regular items like clicky pens or how you're grill works. Uh-huh. Now, there's a theory that these black-eyed children are also some sort of fae. Oh, okay. Or fairies, you know? Yeah. So, when most people think of fairies, they think of, like, Tinkerbell or the fairies from Sleeping Beauty. No, we're talking, like, Bogarts. Yeah, Like, no. chaos fairies. We're... People think that fairies are good things, but holy shit, do I have a revelation for you. <laughs> like, fairies actually stem from some very old European folklore and they're described as magical creatures with a human appearance, small stature, magical powers, and a fondness for trickery. Mm-hmm. Coming in, fuck up your shit. They're basically little fuckers that <laughs> love to mess with your shit and cause you all kinds of misfortune. Uh, basically, you don't want to fuck with them. But I'm adding this here because, and this is gonna, this is gonna make me sound fucking crazy. <laughs> I love the craziness. But fucking aliens, man. (laughs) They are typically described as muted tone creatures, completely black eyes. Eh? 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 Aliens. (laughs) So there's some sort of, uh, there's other similarities here. Like fairies and aliens, they're often associated with bright lights. Fairies and aliens both kidnap or abduct humans, specifically fascinated with the reproduction area. Like, fairies are Mm -hmm. pretty much seen kidnapping newborns. Fae and aliens both have pretty unpredictable behavior. They're neither entirely good nor entirely evil, but they often show that they have anger management issues. They're inquisitive, angry little fuckers that just want to learn about you. Right. So basically, I'm not trying to say aliens, but it was aliens. Anyway, I'm about to take the podcast into an entire rabbit hole of aliens that I'm not sure we're ready for yet, so I'm just gonna move on to this other theory. Now, there is the theory that I think is more interesting, that they're from a Native American folklore. 
So the ancient Iroquois had a term to describe evil or negative entities that try to enter this dimension and they try to possess the living. Now they called this, uh, I'm gonna butcher this, they called this Atkan and the evil power of Atkan took the form as a reptilian humanoid that they called the evil-minded one. Now it's said that the evil-minded one was trying to manifest itself in human form and would often try to mate with Iroquois women, which, <laughs> aliens. Yeah, um, I was gonna say, this sounds like uh, lizard people. Uh -huh. So this result would be a possessed offspring with black eyes, pale, chalky skin. Uh, tribal elders would actually inspect the infants at birth for black eyes and would kill them. Oh no! And burn them to prevent <laughs> resurrection. Now other tales would be along the lines of children would wander from the tribe and come back empty with black eyes, replacing their once normal eyes. It's said that they were easy targets for the evil-minded one to project Utkan into. The black-eyed children then infected with Utkan were said to be ferocious, mean, peculiar acting, repeating themselves frequently, and paced around nervously. And it's said that the evil-minded one had stolen their orenda, which is positive energy, which is the opposite of Utkan. So he stole their orenda, and they were now his loyal servants, doing his bidding and infecting the other children with Atkan. And these evil black-eyed kids would basically cause havoc amongst the tribe and their goal was to destroy it. Oh. Mm-hmm. So, That's there's, terrifying. there's that, which is kind of alien-y, just saying. Yeah, you know? no, it definitely sounds like those are people. So, another top contender is that they are demons that they are some sort of evil entity that disguises themselves as children. Now we hear a lot about this when it comes to demonic cases, like seeing children or hearing children voices. So this suggests that's why the black eyed children show themselves as such, to play on our weakness and instinctively wanting to help children. Mm -hmm. So they show themselves as something that we would easily sympathize with. And once they establish an attachment, your life just goes to hell and all this bad shit happens. And this could also tie in with the ancient Iroquois story of an evil spirit or entity possessing children with the intention to bring harm onto others. Well, also that explains the um, uh, asking permission to enter too, because mm -hmm. that's a uh, that's also it, common with diamonds. Diamonds. So now, if you made it this far into our fucking episode, uh, you may be thinking that all these people posting these stories online are just full of shit. You know, they're posting it anonymously. They're probably just making it up. Yes, except for Brian Bethel. Now, again, this dude was a journalist. Mm -hmm. Not a fiction writer, a journalist. So you may be thinking, okay, yeah, whatever, he's a journalist. He's probably doing it for money or publicity. But Brian Bethel actually only told this story to a small group of people in that email chain. Mm -hmm. And then one of the members of that email chain actually leaked his story. And that's how it got viral. And Brian said that eventually he got so tired of hearing about his story and so tired of people asking about it that he just stopped talking about it and just completely shut down. And during that time is when people started to change his story 
and started to morph it and dilute it so much that it was so far from what he originally said that he decided to go public again and set the record straight with what he encountered and what he saw. Now, Brian Bethel is very adamant that his that this story single-handedly ruined his career and oh. that it like seriously, if you google Brian Bethel the very first thing that comes up is this black eyed children story. Like mm -hmm. it just, it comes up with either, you know, Brian Bethel sees black eyed children or Brian Bethel hoax of black eyed children. So it, the headlines of that comes up with him creating this whole thing. He says that he hasn't made a single dime off of any of the articles he's written about it, any of the interviews that he's done. And he claims that he can't get jobs anywhere because of this. That, Probably discredited. Yeah, him that he said he, it says, a journalist. yeah, he says that his credibility has been ruined. Like this story was 24 years ago. Mm -hmm. And he says he's still dealing with the consequences of it. So could this be a negative side effect? Ooh. from seeing the black-eyed children? Could this be a negative side effect that every person in these stories experiences after having contact with these black-eyed kids? Or is it just a classic example of one perfectly written creepypasta? Mm-hmm. Mm-mm-mm. And when I was researching this, um, it actually brought a, like a memory, like a repressed memory that I had. And this is fucking creepy. Like, I didn't yeah. see any kids or black-eyed children or anything, but it's fucking creepy. And I kind of just, like, put it out of my brain until, like, I was researching all this. So whenever me and Ronnie lived in our apartment building... Oh, um, gosh. Mm -hmm. So he was working the midnight shift, and whenever he would work the midnight shift, he usually left about, like, 10.20 at night. And I would, whenever he left, I'd say bye to him, and I would deadbolt the door. So he left, I deadbolted the door, and I remember that... I had just turned the TV off, so the living room TV was off, the bedroom TV was off, and I was getting ready to like do my bedtime routine and like put like my face shit on. And I was walking, I had entered the bathroom and I was just walking down the hallway to cut left into the kitchen to mm -hmm. like make a cup of tea before bed. And so I was right there and all of a sudden I heard a knock at the door. Mm -mm. And nope. I remember looking at the clock and thinking like, well, that's fucking weird. Like who the hell is knocking at my door at almost 11 o'clock at night? And it wasn't like, you know how when people friendly knock, it's like knock, 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 like yeah. three knocks. This one was just like knock, knock oh. and that's it. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember I stood there and I was just like so fucking still because the first thing that I think of is it's a fucking murderer. They're going to come in and they're going to fucking kill me. And so like I'm scared. So I just stood there and I was like mm -hmm. kind of frozen for two years when we lived in this apartment. Not nobody has knocked on our door except for it was friends or family that we were expecting. Yeah. Or one time this dude was selling me the newspaper. Oh. But that was like at one o'clock in the afternoon, you know, not yeah. like almost uh, 11 o'clock at night. night. No one's so, going to come to your house selling stuff or right. tell you about the Book of Mormon. Right. <laughs> yeah. They do have a moment to talk about Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Like it's 11 <laughs> o'clock. No one is doing that. So I remember just standing there and it, my brain was trying to process what was happening. And I remember thinking, well, I'm not going to fucking answer that. No, no. But I'm going to stand here and whenever they walk away, then I'll go check look. It. Yeah, mm -hmm. and check it out. So I remember standing there for what felt like for 
forever and I didn't hear anything, like, which is weird. And this apartment, like, the walls were so thin that we, me and Ronnie would always, like, listen to other people's arguments, like, through the walls. And I remember, like, there was nothing. It was the knock at the door. I didn't hear, like, a shuffling. I didn't hear breathing. I didn't hear someone walk away. It was fucking weird. So, eventually, I walked to the door and I like very gingerly like made like a cat like, yeah so that they don't hear you shuffling right near them yeah because it's in my mind still i'm thinking like maybe it's someone trying to like see if we were there to rob the apartment but i looked out the people and there was fucking nothing mm. and dear god when i looked out those people like i was fucking about to shit my pants because i thought i was gonna see somebody staring at me but there was nothing like all i could oh, see was just a nope. next door neighbor's door i just thought that was so weird and I completely repressed this memory until I started researching this shit. I just think it was weird, like what, what could have that been? Like what would have happened if I opened the door? Like why the fuck are you here? Are you you a child? Do you want me to take you home? Are you trying to get money to go to Mortal Kombat? That's what I. Mm. For a second, I was like, what if I looked out my peephole and there was somebody there? I just couldn't see them because they were kids and they were so short. I couldn't see them through the peephole. Mm -mm. Right? Mm -mm. Right? Mm -mm. And it's just weird to me too that I I, because I was standing. I was like right there. So if someone was out there and would have walked away, I would have heard them shuffling, walking away. Yeah, or, or like going downstairs to the next yeah, level or, if or it to was, a different apartment or something. Right, or if it was a neighbor, like one of our upstairs neighbors, like knocking on the door, like needed help or something, they would have said hello. Mm-hmm. Or I would have heard them like walking away and going back into the apartment and closing the door. Like it was just fucking weird that I didn't. So and crazy. it was clearly the door, like someone knocking on the door because when you knocked on the door, you could hear hear the, the chime a little bit from the doorbell and so it the knock was like knock knock and i could hear like the chime kind of moving it's fucking weird man i don't like it man yeah i don't like mm-hmm. i forgot that i super repressed told you that mm, yeah. throw it back in there yeah that's going back in the yeah, the no-no the jar yeah nope. seal that lid on tight so uh so yeah that was uh that's the black eyed kids urban legend that's the black eyed piece black eyed piece boom boom pal Mm, trying to drag my style. <laughs> Sorry. So, yeah, what do you guys think? Are they aliens? Are they... Vampires? Are they vampires? Are they diamonds? Diamonds. Are they I, don't, I don't think they're vampires. I think they're fucking aliens. If you liked uh, that podcast, let us know. Um, there's different urban legends and different things that we have on, on the list that we can do. This was a top contender because I just fucking love... And she I loves mean, me I hating love. it. <laughs> I hate it so much. I literally I'm so creeped out in my house. I the love rest of the day. I love creeping Shelby out. So if anybody has any creepy topics that may or may not involve children, let me know because I will read it. I'm fine with creepy stuff. I just don't like creepy children stuff. That's not I, I, I hate creepy children. I just don't like it. I do not like it. So if you got any creepy children's stories, let me know. Um, if you liked me just reading a creepy pasta story, let me know. Because we can read creepy pasta stories too. Or creepy burritos. <laughs> or creepy burritos. So And also, I mean, if you like us, make sure you rate us. Tell us your feelings. Give us some comments. Let us know. Help us get out there. Hit us up on our Facebook. Hit us up on Instagram. Hit us up on Twitter. Just hit us. Hit us somewhere because we have all of those social media things now. You can follow us. Get extra saucy up in that burrito. 
Mm-hmm. That's about it. That's a wrap, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> That's a wrap. That's a wrap. Come back again to get lost in the sauce. Same burrito time, same burrito channel. Sweet. Yes. Woo, that one was spicy. The last sip is always the spiciest. always the spiciest. (laughs) Or whatever Cheryl Crow said. (laughs) (laughs) The first sip is the spiciest. (laughs) Just kidding, it's the last one. Uh, This is all trash.